Today on Hardwired. You see, there is a diamond of hope in the dungeon of your deepest despair. There is a diamond of hope. And that diamond of hope is that God can heal you on the inside. God can heal your memories. God can bless you where the devil tried to destroy you. Our God is a restoring God. Welcome to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wicklier founder and senior pastor of Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're looking for some words of hope, encouragement, solid biblical truth, and maybe even a laugh or two, well, that's exactly what Pastor Jeff wants to share with you today. We know life can get pretty busy and complicated at times, so we're truly grateful you've chosen to take a break and listen to the program. Now, if you're not able to hang out with us for the entire program, you can always check it out at our website, hardwired.org. In fact, you can find all the programs right there waiting just for you, hardwired.org. But right now, here's Pastor Jeff to tell us more about today's program on Hardwired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for joining us and making us a part of your very busy day. Well, I'm going to begin a brief series today that I'm calling Diamonds of Hope. And we're going to talk about hope because, you know, we can do without a lot of things. But like oxygen, you really can't do without hope. So today I've called this message forgetful and fruitful. Now, those are the two meanings of the Hebrew names that Joseph named his children. They mean forgetful. God has made me forget all of my pain and fruitful. God has made me fruitful in the very land of my affliction. So what Joseph named his two children, the children born to him in Egypt, have everything to do with hope. So I want you to grab your Bible, grab something to write with, and let's learn why Joseph named his children forgetful and fruitful, and I believe it's going to bring hope into your walk with Christ and into your circumstances. I'm so excited to share part two of the message, forgetful and fruitful. Let's jump right in. All right, we're going to continue in our series, Diamonds of Hope for Your Darkest Days. I'm sharing these messages because I'll tell you what, we can live without a lot of things, but we can't live without hope. The Bible calls our God the God of hope. As a matter of fact, the God of all hope. And you know, when I think about the message of hope, the subject of hope, I got to think of Joseph. You know, I've read the story of Joseph so many times. To me, it's the greatest way in the world that God could have ever ended the book of Genesis is to end it with the story of Joseph. And if ever, ever somebody needed to be carried by the supernatural hand of hope, it had to have been Joseph. And Joseph's life, to me, is soap opera material in the best possible sense of the word. I'm amazed that some Hollywood director has not done the story of Joseph because it carries all the elements of Shakespearean drama. I have never read it without weeping at the end, reading the end of the story of Joseph, how God turned everything around, how God blessed him, how God's often invisible hand was carrying him when he didn't see it or wasn't aware of it. When I see the incredible power of providence, the undeniable sovereignty of God in the life of his child Joseph, And therefore, in our lives, that God is never trumped by the devil. He's never checkmated by our adversary. Joseph's story to me is just incredible. I want to read 
Genesis 41, verse 50 through 52. And here we're coming sort of towards the end of Joseph's life. It's talking about now that he's been delivered from the prison, and I'm going to go through his story in just a moment. But he's on the other side of his prison experience, and he's beginning to really walk in the fullness of his calling. And it says in Genesis 41, verse 50, And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. Now here's what Manasseh meant. For God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim. For God, he said, has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. What a powerful testimony. What an incredible word. Now, let me just go into Joseph's story uh, in a nutshell. Let me just sort of sweep through it and give a sort of uh, overall view of what happened in Joseph's life because it is so, so powerful. First of all, Joseph is the son of Jacob, the patriarch Jacob. He must have had to have dealt with offense and bitterness on a major scale. He's carried off into Egypt, a strange land, a strange people, a strange language. And there he is purchased by Potiphar. And Potiphar takes him into his house. And before long, because of God's favor, that silver lining of grace and favor was on his life. And Potiphar saw that everything he touched turned to gold, that he was successful with everything that he did. And so Potiphar put him over his whole house. Well, the Bible says that Joseph was a handsome man. Potiphar had a wife. And the Bible says that she cast lustful eyes on him and began to try to seduce him. Joseph resisted her overtures over and over again. Finally, one day, he was in the house alone with her. She invited him to bed. He fled. As he was fleeing the room, she grabbed his garment. His garment came off and he ran. She took that garment, showed it to Potiphar, showed it to the guards of the house, and lied. Just told a bald-faced lie and said that he had tried to rape her. I don't know. I've never been convinced that Potiphar really believed her. I think he knew what he had married by this point. But nevertheless, he had to take action. So he did. And Joseph, unjustifiably, was thrown into prison, an Egyptian dungeon. And there he spent years. Now, I don't know about you folks, but I got to tell you, if I was sitting in a dungeon for years for something I had not done, and all I had ever done wrong was maybe had a little bit of pride. Maybe I was a little bit uh, self-confident or whatever, but nothing criminal, nothing wrong. Joseph had had a dream and he had seen his family submitting to him. He had seen his own brothers and his own parents submitting to him. He had made the mistake of telling them about that. And that's probably one of the reasons they sold him into slavery. But that's all that he'd ever done. And now here he is sitting in prison He's not a criminal. He has no business being down there. He has always been a young man of God. He's not sinned. He didn't sin with Potiphar's wife. There was no blight between him and God. And yet there he is down in that dungeon. You talk about life not being fair. You talk about life taking a wrong turn. You talk about having to suffer for something you did not do. I think if anybody in the Bible could have looked up and said, God, I believed in you. I believed the dream that you gave me. I believed you had a destiny for me. I saw my own family, my own brothers, my own parents bowing down to me. I don't know what it meant, 
but I know you gave me that dream. I know I'm a child of promise. And now, God, where are you? Where are you? How have you let this happen to me? How has it come to this? Why didn't you step in and intervene and show that Potiphar's wife was lying in the dungeon of your deepest despair? There is a diamond of hope, and that diamond of hope is that God can heal you on the inside. God can heal your memories. God can bless you where the devil tried to destroy you. Our God is a restoring God. And what Joseph experienced, Joseph experienced that God began to heal his memories. No doubt he was deeply wounded over what his brothers had done. No doubt he was shattered in his spirit over being separated from his beloved father, Jacob. No doubt the abuse, the lies, the slander that had been spread about him, Potiphar's wife lying about him, accused of being a rapist, accused of being one who would commit sexual assault against Potiphar's wife, forgotten, out of mind, lost his family, lost his reputation. Now suddenly he's promoted second only in Egypt and only God can do that. The healing, the recovery, the restoration was so strong, so marked, so distinct, so memorable that Joseph decided to name his children after what God had done for him. Now I want you to once again return with me to what he named his children. He had two sons. He's been delivered from prison. He is preparing grain for the seven years of famine that are coming. He's about to be restored to all of his brothers and his beloved father, Jacob. And now he says, when he looks at the first boy born to him, he says, the only thing I can name you, son, is Manasseh, which means making forgetful. For God has made me forget. God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. You know, there's nothing that can sting you like a memory that just won't go away. And they usually come from a hurt. Somebody says something. Somebody does something. Something happens to you. Something unfair. Something cruel. You thought you were going to get that raise and you didn't. Somebody else got it and they hadn't worked as hard as you. Or perhaps when you were a child, the worst of the worst happened and you were abused sexually by a relative or a neighbor, someone you knew. And life has not been fair. And it's been a temptation for you to look up and say, God, I feel like I was born under a bad sign. I feel like I was born in a bad time. Unfair things have happened to me. What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? I'm hurting on the inside. I've got a cynical, pessimistic outlook on life because of what happened to me. But that did not happen to Joseph. I want you to notice that that did not happen to Joseph. Joseph had every right in the world to be one of the most bitter men on the planet. But Joseph was not bitter. Joseph got better. He did not get bitter. He obviously forgave his brothers because when he was finally confronted with his brothers, and his brothers were afraid that now this powerful man, who also happened to be their brother Joseph, was going to kill them for what they had done to him. Yet the Bible says Joseph looked at them and said, no, what you intended for evil, God meant it for good. There's not a whisper of bitterness, not a whisper of resentment. He feeds them. He receives them. He takes care of them. He shelters them. 
It is a beautiful, beautiful picture of Jesus Christ himself who prayed from the cross, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they do. No, Joseph was not branded by bitterness. He was not marked by resentment. He was not colored with black hatred. No. Pastor Jeff will be back in a moment, but first I want to share a couple of thoughts with you. Now, you may not be able to stay with us for the entire program, but don't worry. You can find the program at our website, hardwired.org, along with all of the programs from Pastor Jeff. Also, we regularly get emails and calls from listeners just like you who tell us how much the program means to them. But we would love to hear from you too. So let me encourage you to connect with us by calling 877-884-3111 or through the website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. Or call 877-884-3111. And now let's get back to Pastor Jeff with the rest of today's program. The Bible says that God had done something in this young man forgetful. Come here, forgetful. He named that first boy forgetful. I can just picture him saying to him at night, come here, forgetful. Sit on daddy's lap. Let me tell you why I've named you forgetful. I've named you forgetful because I went through a great pain, son. My brothers betrayed me. I lost my home. I was sold into slavery. And then I was put down in prison for something I didn't do. Son, I knew a lot of pain. I could have been a bitter man. I could have died wilted and bitter. But God moved me to forgive. And God blessed me on such a level, son. He's done such a wonderful thing in me that I'm going to name you forgetful. And here's why. Because God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. Now, he didn't have some kind of divine amnesia. He remembered the events. He recalled being sold into slavery. But here's what he's saying. When I think about what was done to me, the memory has no more sting. The memory has no more sting. It doesn't sting me anymore. I don't feel pain. I don't feel that grief on the inside. It doesn't make my stomach tight. It doesn't rob me of sleep. It doesn't take away my appetite. When I think of what was done to me, there's no more pain. God has taken it away. Trials, heartbreaks, hurts, disappointments, and betrayals happen. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, the psalmist said, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. The reason that Joseph experienced healing, I'm convinced, is because he forgave. And he saw the bigger picture. He forgave and he saw the bigger picture. He realized that God had used his brother's evil intent to get him into Egypt. God didn't move his brothers to do it. That was their own hearts. But God being God, God being sovereign, God being providential, God took what they meant for evil, and he, Romans 8, 28 it. He turned it for the good. And Joseph saw, wow, God brought me to Egypt knowing what would happen to me? That I had the gift of interpreting dreams and it came from God. And Pharaoh would have these dreams. An earth-shattering famine was on the way. 
And God had anointed me and appointed me and called me and destined me to be promoted second only to Pharaoh. Not only so I could save all the people of Egypt from starvation, but so that I could save my 11 brothers and my father Jacob because out of Israel is going to come the Messiah through whom all the nations of the earth are destined to be blessed. And I saved the embryonic Jewish race from extinction so that God's ultimate plan of sending Messiah would not be sabotaged. He forgave his brothers and he saw the bigger picture. And those two things delivered him. And God is there in your trial, your heartbreak, your hurt, your disappointment, your betrayal. And he takes the sting out. It reminds me of the story of the father and his little girl that are driving down the highway. And they're driving along and they got the windows down because it's a beautiful spring day. And all of a sudden into the car flies a big bee. And this bee begins to fly around in the front seat. And the little girl panics. Daddy, daddy, the bee is going to sting us. And the dad said, honey, it's okay. The bee's not going to sting us. But the little girl could not have any peace. The bee kept flying around in front of them. Finally, to quell her fears, the father reached out and in one swoop grabbed the bee in his hand. The bee stung him. And then he opened his hand, threw the bee out the window, and he said, there now, baby, the bee is not going to sting us. I took the stinger out. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. He grabbed the devil and he took the sting of death and hell and the grave. And then at the resurrection, he opened his hand and he said, there, baby, he can't sting you anymore if you put your faith in me. But it goes further than just delivering us from hell. Jesus can reach into your innermost innermost, into your heartbreaks, your trials, your disappointments, your betrayals, your hurts. And he can grab the same bee. He can take the stinger and he can remove the hurt from you. And that's what he had done with Joseph. He took extremely painful memories and he took the stinger out. And that's the diamond of hope in your darkest day that he can actually heal your memories if you give them to him and say, Jesus, heal me. But then Joseph had a second child, and that second child was named Ephraim. And Ephraim means not just fruitful, but double fruitful. Ephraim means double fruitful. Boy, I like that. For God, he said, has caused me to be double fruitful in the land of my affliction. And this is, if I could call it this, the genius of Christianity. That what the enemy means for evil, God turns it for good. When the devil thinks he's got you, he not only loses you, but God double blesses you. God didn't move him to another place to bless him. No, no, no. God left him right there where Satan had tried to destroy him. God didn't need to move him. God makes you fruitful in the very place where the enemy tried to destroy you. And I believe he does this because he loves thumbing his nose at the devil. I believe God thumbs his nose at the devil. You look at where the devil tried to destroy you. Was it drugs? Was it alcohol? Was it illicit relationships? Was it some kind of abuse? Whatever it was, that's the land of your affliction. And what God does is God comes along and God touches that tragedy with his resurrection power. Here's Joseph. 
He's beginning to experience the healing of his memories. But God said, that's not enough. I don't just want you healed of your memories. I'm going to take you now, Joseph, and I'm going to promote you. I'm going to promote you second only to Pharaoh. I'm going to promote you where Potiphar's wife lied about you. I'm going to promote you in the very place where you were sold as a slave. I'm going to promote you in the very location your brothers sold you to destroy you. I'm going to doubly bless you, Joseph. I'm going to make you doubly fruitful. He doesn't just sustain you. God doesn't just kind of help you. He doesn't just hold your hand. God double blesses you. He is the God of the double blessing. I believe the stronger the attack, the stronger will be the blessing. For every attack Satan levels against God's people, God turns it around and doubly blesses them. This ought to be shouting ground. This ought to be exciting. This ought to move you. This ought to stir you. That God is never defeated. God is never trumped by the devil. God is never checkmated by the adversary of our soul. But every time he tries to attack us, if we will give it to him, if we will forgive, if we will turn it over to him, if we'll give him time, if we will refuse to take vengeance into our own hands, God will bless us. And I can see Joseph now on the other side of prison, sitting second only to Pharaoh in a beautiful home, a beautiful wife, two beautiful children. I can see him just sitting there and saying one night, come here, fruitful, come here, forgetful, sit on daddy's lap. When they were three, when they were five, when they were seven, as they grew up, every time he looked at them, he said, there's fruitful and there's forgetful because God healed my memories of all the pain." And God made me doubly fruitful in the very land where Satan tried to destroy me. If you turn to Genesis 48, you find Jacob dying, and he's ready to bless his grandsons. He's got all 12 of the boys there. And when he comes to Joseph, I noticed he doesn't emphasize the negative past. He emphasizes the fruitful future, and he predicts Tremendous things for Joseph and Joseph's offspring. And that's God. God does not focus on your negative past or mine. God focuses on our fruitful future. And that's what God's looking at with you right now. You know, I believe that many of you listening to me have been deeply hurt. Living in this world, most people have been deeply hurt. You're wounded on the inside, you're bleeding on the inside. You wonder how you're going to handle it. You wonder if you're ever going to get over it. Is the sting ever going to go away? Am I ever going to be able to think of those things and not feel pain? Well, I bring to you the diamond of hope for your darkest day, the hope of the Joseph blessing, forgetful and fruitful. Some of you have lost a loved one, a spouse walked out, a loved one walked out on you. Maybe your child left and you're feeling shattered and alone forsaken, just like Joseph. Or maybe the enemy has really, really run a number on you and he's tried to destroy you. I want you to remember the Joseph blessing. That if you give it to God and obey him and follow him, God will take what the enemy has tried to do to destroy you and he'll make you fruitful right in the very presence of the land of your affliction. I believe that's what David meant when David said, he prepares a table before me in the very presence of my enemy. My cup runs over. God wants to do that for you, and I want to pray for you. Father, 
I pray for everyone here and everybody listening by radio that you will release your healing hand. Lord, only you can step into the inner sanctum of our souls and bind up a broken heart. Only you can take memories that bring nothing but pain and Lord, take the stinger out. Only you, Lord, can bless us in such a way that we're fruitful in the very land where we were afflicted. Not only fruitful, but doubly so. I pray for every wounded walker right now. Give them the hope of the Joseph blessing. Show them what they need to do, how to respond to you in faith. And Lord, I believe that they will have the same testimony. God made me fruitful and God has made me forget. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening today to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. To get a copy of today's message, give us a call at 877-884-3111. Or you can pick it up at our website, hardwired.org. That's 877-884-3111 or the website, hardwired.org. While you're there at the website, you'll find today's message along with all the messages from Pastor Jeff. We know they've been an encouragement to you, so be sure to forward them on to a friend who you think needs to hear today's message or any of the messages there at the website. It might be the very thing they need to be encouraged as well. Again, the website is hardwired.org or call us at 877-884-3111. If you haven't been to the website lately, jump on over there and take a look at all we have for you. One last thing, your partnership with this program through your generous giving is always needed and very appreciated. We know Hardwired is making a difference in your life. So this is how you can make a difference to ours. Please take a minute to send your best gift through our website, hardwired.org, or by calling 877-884-3111. Thanks so much for your heart of generosity. We truly do appreciate it. Be sure to join us next time right here on Hardwired.